Hi, I'm Dave Chapman, writer for the Awfully Cheerful Engine and for Doctor Who, and you're listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week, Russ and Peter play catch-up after the week off to cover the last two weeks' worth of RPG news. In the news, the Dungeons & Dragons Honor Amongst Thieves reviews have started to come in, Journeys Through the Radiant Citadel is a finalist for a Nebula Award, the Walking Dead Universe RPG Kickstarter is launched, two big charity bundles are available now, and more, plus a brand new sketch about the difficulties of finding just the right stronghold. This week on Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG Talk. Today's podcast is sponsored by the Rat Catchers Guild. If you have a rat problem and no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire. Hang on, that's the eighty. Hmm. <laughs> the Rat Catchers Guild: an expensive solution if you don't have a cat. <laughs> Tabletop role-playing news We aim to amuse And we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial Tabletop RPG Hello, hello, hello And welcome back to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk After a week off Because... I was moving house, and Peter was at a convention, and Ooh. Jessica was on holiday in an Italy. Ooh, fancy. This week, we don't have a Jessica. Oh. Jessica came back from her holiday in an Italy and caught aeroplane COVID. Yes. And, is, and is currently not in a fit state for podcasting. So it's just Get me and Peter. Yes. <laughs> so... See, I've totally done the introduction completely differently this week for some bizarre... That's what taking a week off does to you. Um, but I'll try and do it correctly. So I am Russ, a.k.a. Morris, or Morris, a.k.a. Russ, and with me this week is... Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. This is not an actual fact of recording that Daryl puts in every week, but it's in fact the amount of enthusiasm that I bring each and every time to this podcast. Because, you know why? Because I love talking about podcasts. That's only because I turn up the enthusiasm on the microphone uh, when you're not looking, you see. Oh, if I turn bro. that down, you sound totally different. And I turn the enthusiasm dial up. It's yeah, amazing. I, I, I suppose so. Oh, no, I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. It's just a, it's just a voice changer. Oh, don't do that for us. It's very disconcerting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we've got, um, we've got two weeks of news to catch up on because we weren't here last week. So yes. shall we dive into it and cover the news for the last two weeks? And then we'll see, see how long that takes. Yes. Let's go. Okay. Okay, so one of the first things that happened was, yes. you know the old D&D movie that is coming up? Yes, yes, it's, it's looking, oh, I don't know, Russ, I'm, I'm conflicted because it's, I'm like, am I, am I feeling hope? Is that what I'm feeling? I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, this is, this is looking quite good, actually. I, I don't know what to do about this, Russ. I'm not used to, I'm not used to looking at this thing and thinking, oh, but it might be good. Well, the reviews have been coming in and it's got... Yes. 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. Woo! That critics, is or is that, score. or is that, um, audience? Well, it's not out yet, so it can't be. Right, 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 right. So, so, oh, so it's preview screenings and so forth. Yeah, right, right, yeah, right. yeah. I would say that at pre- preview screenings reviews, if you like, follow the sort of genre movies and superhero movies yeah. and stuff, they yeah. are always fairly positive. Yeah. And then once the film comes out, scores do tend to drop a bit. Mm. You always tend to get sort of like these breathlessly positive tweets and things of people coming out of preview screenings. But I am really hopeful. I, I think it's going to be good. I know, I know. It's just like, I mean, 
Like they've got all the right ingredients. I don't know. I feel like I feel like I'm putting a hex on it, Russ, even as we speak. No. Uh, well, would you yeah, like yeah. to hear what some prolific outlets have said about it? Oh, go on then. Tell me more. Okay. How about the Hollywood Reporter? Would you like to know what the Hollywood Reporter said about it? All right. Someone's done bang on too much. <laughs> an adaption that will appeal to the nostalgic side of existing fans and entertain those whose eyes glaze over at the mention of dungeon masters, bards, or druids. I mean, I gotta say that second group does not seem like the target audience for this movie. <laughs> it's like probably if, not. If you but... say, "Oh, would you like to hear about my bard?" and someone says, "Oh, look at the time, I have an appointment," then they probably do not want to see this movie. I'm just going to say, Russ, like, I know it's controversial, but that's just how I am. Well, it's kind of like superhero movies. They're designed to appeal not just to people who read comics. They're designed to have, Mm. and successfully, have mainstream appeal. Yeah, yeah. And that's what they're trying to do with this. Yeah. I I think it's the nature of stories. It's like, Mm. I I think you said pretty much on the nose that they definitely had a Guardians of the Galaxy vibe that they're going for. Yeah, this is exactly what it is, isn't it? Uh, I I think, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, I I have that same vibe too. So, yeah. Mm. Uh, So, Variety said, um, it's at once cheesy and charming. Yeah. Synthetic and spectacular, cosily derivative and rambunctiously inventive, mm. a processed piece of junk culture joy that by the end may bring a tear to your eye. Yeah. So sounds like they are going to be at least vaguely emotionally literate and not try and make the CGI do all the heavy lifting. Yeah. Which, yeah. yeah. Uh, for what yeah. I can make does seem to be confirmed elsewhere. Okay, so, yeah. fair enough. I've got a couple more. Polygon, Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, Polygon, yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves is everything a D&D fan could want. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's entirely true, because I'm a D&D fan, and you know what I want right now? Bacon sandwich. So, <laughs> they're wrong. <laughs> you say <laughs> because that. Because Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves is not a bacon sandwich. Uh, so, so, if you were to be sitting in the cinema, and you also had a bacon sandwich, then on the Amongst Thieves would be everything you could possibly hope for. Well, possibly. I mean, let's just say Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves is one of the many things a D&D fan could want. Yes, yes. Yeah. That would be more accurate. Yeah, like, it would be acceptable to make D&D fans. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, cautiously uh, guarded. So what else have we got? Yes. <laughs> oh, we've got the rap. This hilarious epic fantasy is a total blast. Good. Good. Um, deadline, uh, with renewed interest in the fantasy... Fantasy? Fantasy? Invented a oh. new word. Fantasy genre. Well, well, <laughs> fantasy good to see. is like where well, you have your book, but it's all written in like really exciting fonts. Yeah. 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 It's good to see something outside of Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones getting it right and having a good time. Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves is one of the better game adaptions to hit theatres due to all the elements coming together. A strong cast, a decent story, dynamic direction, and pleasing special effects. Yeah. I gotta say, basically, what, what I'm, my expectations are set at. It's going to be moderate stupid, but in an endearing way, and it will be entertaining and reasonably placed. It'll be silly fun as long as you don't take it too seriously, I think, yeah, is what yeah. you get. Uh, uh, that's what I'm hoping for. Anything about that, I'll be uh, I'll be delighted, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be Lord of the Rings. Well, very, no. very different <laughs> to Lord of the Rings, <laughs> which up until now I would have said was the best D&D movie ever made. Oh, come now, Russ. We all know that on the ghost of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh, of course. That's the most, <laughs> no, that's the most accurate D&D movie ever made. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's the yeah. D&D that we live through as opposed to one that our heads. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Okay. There are, there, are, there are a couple of sort of more tempered reviews. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there are. So they're not all glowingly positive. Like Rolling Stone says, yeah. uh, 
no matter how much the creators confess their love of the game, all of those shout-outs to creatures, character types, campaign details, and so on, feel like annoying distractions. Okay, so if you would rather give yourself a tattoo than, like, have someone say, look, an owlbear in an excited fashion, then this is not the movie mm. for you, understood? I guess so, yeah. And yeah. RogerEbert.com said, this film often feels like it's faking what the creators love about the game instead of trying to translate it from one medium to another. So well, I don't even know what that means, to be honest. That's but... very interesting, especially from Roger Ebert. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I think overall, I think it's looking good. Mm-hmm. Yes. I reckon of course, so. the whole um, publicity machine is... is yeah, yeah, yeah. Running now. Yeah. You know, you can get the character sheets, well, not the character sheets so much, NPC stat blocks of the people in the film. Yes. So they're not actually character sheets. They're presented as NPC stat blocks, but we've got Doric okay. the Druid, Edgin, or Edgin, I don't know which it is, the Bard, Holger the Barbarian, Simon the Sorcerer, and they're all challenge rating five. Nice. There's Zink the Paladin, who's challenge rating ten. Woo! Got a balance party. Yeah. Uh, Forge the Rogue is challenge rating eight. And uh, Sophina the Red Wizard is challenge rating 15. Pretty sure she's not in the party because she's a red no, wizard. No, she's a bad guy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Forrest the Rogue is Hugh, Hugh Grant, isn't it? Oh, okay. Yep. That's okay, his that would make sense. Role, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, like, I mean, basically, I've been feeling quite amenaire about it because mm. I do take quite personally a American megacorp threatening to sue me personally. And some people are like, that's a very emotional reaction, like, your point would be. Uh, but I think it's really more like a Ray Rinegar's legacy, because all this was conceived and, um, you know, 99% completed under his watch. So I'm like, yeah, all right, this this is probably going to be cool, because I've generally approved of mm. most of the stuff he's done, or yeah. happened under his watch. Yeah. I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to it. I am. Yeah, yeah. I, I, reckon, I reckon it'll be a good shout. I, I want to be cynical, but I can't. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, so there's like some uh, preview novels, prequel novels out as well for it. Um, the Road really. to Neverwinter and The Jurors Call. I have not read either of those books, um, but the first one has the backstory of Edgin or Edgin. I don't still don't right. know how you pronounce that. E D G I N. Edgin the Unpronounceable. That's his proper name. Edgin, Holger, Simon, and Forge. Yeah. Huh. The implication here is that Forge, who's Hugh Grant's character, was originally part of the adventuring group in some way or something or yeah that would, that would make sense like an, an, a, a mentor that has come to uh, get them for one last job etc yeah yeah I mean maybe he retired maybe, maybe he unretired himself you know yeah, you know what rogues like hmm uh, I mean I well, remember there's a back clip. in the days oh there's yeah. a clip have you seen the clip of the maze is this in Neverwinter where it's like uh, up is, and down uh, out of the floor I haven't watched very yeah, many clips yeah. because I've not been I've not been yeah. into it. Like, it's basically it's a deliberate policy. I try to avoid trailers before I go and see a film. I'll see a bit of a trailer, mm. but they always put too many spoilers in, and it like ruins it for me because I'm very, very mm. good at guessing what comes next. Yeah, so it's like I've seen. I mean, yeah, that is kind of how how trailers work these days. Yeah, yeah, I uh, dislike it. So no, I agree. I agree. No spoilers. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the, the clip. I think they've done quite Just, well. Oh my God, had... Do you want me to tell you what's in the clip or not? Is, or is that too spoilery? I, 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 I've seen, like, the bits with, like, this is Holger, she likes eating potatoes, don't disturb her. Entertaining violence happens. <laughs> mm. um, this is, and it's like, yeah. I like those because they're sort of giving you, a, like, a little bit of a clue about the character. And I like that because I like character-driven mm. stuff. 
And also it makes me feel confident about the movie because it feels like they're going to rely on the character interactions and the bickering, which again is a core D&D experience, mm. rather than attempting mm. to wow us with spectacles because it's like, I don't read... I mean, I'd like to see a CGI dragon, but I'm not that fast. It's like, I can see other films for yeah, it. But you've seen CGI dragons before, though. Oh, yeah, exactly. exactly. They're not a new thing for me, but I appreciate them. But what I really enjoy is like, you know, people bickering, getting on, and just, just generally like, you know... Having a good time oh, yeah. making friendships. Yeah. What about all the uh, sort of like iconic monsters and stuff? Are you looking forward to seeing them? I'm uh, quite enjoying the bit I've seen with the mimic, but I feel like maybe I've seen the mimic. And like, yeah, you got an owlbear, and it's like, yeah, looks I like think an we, uh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm assuming they're just literally in there. Just yeah. Like for some people, it will be the best. I don't know ever. how much how much they're in there. I mean, it's probably that's it for the mimic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I reckon so. I, I'm, I'm like I'm not that fast. It'll be like. Yeah, good stuff. I mean, but essentially no Mimic has ever been able to stand up to Terry Pratchett's luggage for me. Hmm. There's a whole bunch of toys you can get as well. Toys as well? Yeah. You can, you can get some foam weapons. You can get Holger's Great Axe and Zenk's Sword and a dart crossbow Ooh. in the shape of Fember Chord, which I think is the dragon, I think. I'm not sure. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> you know um, what? As soon as I've, after I've seen it, I may be able to answer these questions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else have we got? We've got action figures... Including an owlbear, which is nice. explicitly stated to be Doric the Druid in her world shape form. Well, both times. Um, obviously, yeah. uh, DM Sarah, when she heard of such things, was like, well, you can't do that under the existing rules. I'd best go write some. That's hard to argue with. Well, apparently, the preview, one of the prequel novels, yeah. addresses that. Ooh. So, officially puts it into canon that she can do that in some manner or other. But it does address that issue. Okay. Yeah. Oh, man. Also, we've got some plushies. A fluffy owlbear and a displacer beast and a gelatinous cube plushie. Oh, those do sound amazing. There's Funko Pops of the entire crew. Oh, okay. Nice, nice. Um, there's a Monopoly set, specifically themed. Mm. There's loads of stuff. They are rolling out the merch. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a big it's a big, big movie. Got to try and make the money somehow. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see. If it, if it really, really hits as a big success... Like mm. Marvel movie type size success. Wow, I think yeah. that will be kind of the beginning of something really big, won't it? That'll be beginning of a franchise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, basically, if it makes more money than they spent on it, then yeah, mm. they're gonna they're gonna come back. And I don't think they've got anyone who's particularly expensive. Like, I mean, Hugh Grant, Chris Pine probably is. Oh, they've got him pegged at like eleven million, which is a lot of money. That sounds expensive to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, what can I say? You're used to paying RPG designers and authors. <laughs> we are much cheaper. <laughs> yeah, but, but I got a bit. Yeah. I also know Chris Pye. Yeah, oh, you got, you got, you got, you got, anyway, you got to balance so, these yeah, things so out. The yeah. And it is coming out on March the thirty first, and there are loads of preview screenings going on now. And if you're in the US, Amazon are doing some kind of preview screening, theatre based. But yep. if you're on Amazon Prime and you're in the US, there's select theatres, you can go to a PV screening. So there's different ways you can see it. Oh, I love it. It's, yeah, it's really soon now. It's really close. Yeah. It is exciting. Yeah. So, yeah. Right then, we should move on from yes, the D&D should. movie, because we've got other D&D-based stuff to mm-hmm. talk about. Yes. D&D stuff, because oh, D&D... Or... I have something that isn't D&D-based we could talk about. Oh, okay. Viking Cats, Russ. How does that tickle you? Uh, okay, it leaves you confused, and that's that's largely the reaction I'm looking for because that was my reaction as well. 
I was like, okay. that sounds awesome. And this is... Okay, um, tell me about the Viking Cats. I will, thank you. It's a game by Jay Africa. Yeah, so Jay Africa, who is, you know, I think a fairly well-known designer of mm. D&D stuff, has bought out Nine Lives, for Val- Nine Lives to Valhalla, that's its proper name, by Gemmering okay. Games. He describes it as a warband of death metal Viking cats. Death uh, metal Viking cats. I know, right? Is that... Wow. No. Morale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can get it off uh, itch.io, gemmeringgames.itch.io. I'll yeah. we'll have the show notes here. But yeah, uh, a frenetically gleefully ultra-violent TTRPG about death metal Viking cats earning their seat in Valhalla through glorious violence and death. Wow. All nine of them. Nine lives wow. to stalk the earth, nine times die with sword and paw, nine lives to Valhalla. And I have to say, Russ, in, like, what's it? It's like four years of doing this podcast. That is, got to say, head and shoulders, without doubt, above the rest, the best introduction to a game I have ever seen. Can you even? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a maelstrom of carnage. <laughs> Fast-paced, high-energy play, standalone rules like tabletop RPG for two to six players, animal adventurers, dark fantasy world. I mean, I, I, I feel like we've covered a lot of ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the title. <laughs> All you had to say was Viking cats, really. You didn't need the rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean... That I pretty much sells it on its own. A true, true... Um, so that, that that that's got that going on. So um, yeah, uh, and and Jay had this is that so that is for the system. Uh, that's for the system. Nine lives to Valhalla, and Jay has an adventure for an adventure for it, which uh, I'll just see. Uh, what's it called? On Death's Errand. Mm. So yeah, there we go. But um, I came across it, and yeah, I mean that sounds like an excellent day of entertainment for what's that? Thirteen dollars. Uh, which, quite frankly, I feel is going to beat the pants off the D&D movie <laughs> in terms of pounds per hour. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, come on. Depends how rewatchable the D&D movie is. But yeah. that's, that, I, I mean, it's going to have to work hard, mate. It's going to have to work hard. Uh, you know. mm. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so, so, so I, I saw that and I felt that the listeners to this podcast deserved, deserved to hear about it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. 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 Hey, do you know what's just been nominated for a Nebula Award? Oh, uh, the science fiction for the science fiction novel, uh, science fiction fantasy novel award. Is that yeah? That that's okay. the one. I do not tell me more. Journey through the Radiant Citadel. Oh, that's the um, not the latest book, which is what's it? The Golden Heist or something? That was the yeah. It was late last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was it was strangely underpublicized. I felt. Yeah, it got a little mixed up in the OGL thing, I think, at the same time. And, and I think that kind and, of took some of the thunder. Yeah, and the spell drama stuff too. So, yeah, mm. yeah, it was, yeah. It just sort of got hustled out the door, which is a real shame because, I mean, the artwork for that, wow, amazing mm. stuff. I, I, I think we we spoke about it on the podcast when it came out and we were yeah. pre- pretty pretty infused about it, to be honest. Well, it's um, the category it's been nom- nominated for is game writing, which is usually mm. video games. Mm. Mm. But this isn't the first time. Last year, we reported last year, yes. this time last year, there were four tabletop RPGs in this category. So last year, there was Quixote yeah. and Quo, Thirsty Sword, Lesbians, yeah. 
Wonder Home and Grandma's Hands. Yes, and yes. Okay, in 2019, yep. Evil Hat's Fate Accessibility Toolkit was in there. Okay, um, yeah. 2020, yeah. Sense and Seismosis, Seismosos, <laughs> appeared in 2020. <laughs> so it's not the first time tabletop RPGs have appeared in the, uh, in, in the mix. Yeah, that is true. It's definitely the first time a D&D book has appeared in the mix, though. That's fair. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, I mean, to be fair, from what I'm aware of it, what I'm aware of it, it does seem like a, a worthwhile set. Yeah. Yeah. No, but you are right. It did It did kind of, yeah, lose its thunder, I think, just because mm. of all the other stuff that was going on at the same time. Yeah, yeah, because, um, yeah, the problems with various bits and bobs, but yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's pretty cool, though. I think that's yeah. pretty awesome. Well, I mean, it's like it's a huge effort. Um, so congratulations to them all, I say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, sticking with D&D, they've put out a community update. Oh, do you know, have you heard about the Creator Summit that's coming soon? Yes, yes. Actually, it was one of the things um, that did actually catch my eye over the course yeah. of the... Yeah, well, I've got uh, myself an invitation to it now, which is quite exciting. Oh, Okay. Okay, but I'll talk about that in a sec. I just want to cover this community update thing that they put out. Yeah, yeah. So this is a list of things that... It's called D&D Community Updates. Things they've done, mm. things that are in progress, and things that are upcoming. And it's just a graphic with three... Um, so under done, they've got add SRD 5.1 to Creative Commons, which we know they did that. Yeah. They put the D&D out into Creative Commons. Yeah. Release four playtest packets for one D&D. Four? They've done four? doesn't oh. feel like four. Well, uh, I maybe four, they... It must be. Now, I had a recall couple, but all right. I honestly yeah. haven't been looking too hard. That's on me, right? Yeah, so, well, yeah. fair enough. Well, four then. Uh, and cl- collected feedback via surveys for three playtest packets. Mm-hmm. So that's what's in the done column. Okay. Then they've got the in progress column. Yeah. And in this, we have got localize the SRD mm-hmm. uh, into French, Italian, German, and Spanish. Strong choices. That's good. That's good news, I think, definitely for for international publishers, Mm -hmm. international creators. Um, Review previous editions for inclusion in Creative Commons. Now, that's interesting. Oh, okay. I don't know which previous editions that means. Well, I mean, previous editions, like, they could probably go all the way back to the 1970s and the start. Uh, Possibly. uh, Like, first ed and second ed have been de facto rewritten, so there's less urgency on that. Third I guess third edition. edition would be the easiest because it's already got an SRD, so it'd just be a yeah. question of going over that SRD and making sure there's nothing in it that you don't want to put into Creative but, Commons. But you know what I would be excited about? Mm-hmm. I'd be excited about fourth edition under Creative Commons. Creative Commons. That would be interesting, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, quite frankly, like they're not doing anything with it. Put it under Creative Commons, get it out there, and quite frankly, like yeah, I think we could see like a real boom of... The sort of game that I quite enjoy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we've seen Thirteenth Age, and I do enjoy that. But I, I think like stuff like Lancer as a certain nod to that, and there's like a lot of like icons and so forth as well. There's like a lot of stuff out there which like can see the joys of Fourth Edition and wants to bring that out. I think I think it could be time. So yeah, mm. if they did bring it out, that would be an excellent framework for a lot mm. of stuff to be built off. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I personally would I'll be looking forward to the Fourth Ed. But um, like the other stuff as well okay. would be, yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, certainly it, making things like yeah. third edition under Creative Commons would make a lot of people sleep easier in their beds, I'm sure. Yeah. Hmm. And that would definitely be easy to do, that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Trivial. Yeah. 
Oh, else we've got? We've got published internal content policy for D&D products. So what that is, is basically yeah. the policy they're going to adopt regarding inclusion, diversity, uh, well, probably not just those things as well, probably other things as well, but I'm not sure exactly what else it might cover. But, mm. um, you know, it's, it's basically the standards to which they're going to hold themselves and they're going to make those standards public so the, the community can see what those standards are. Okay, I think that would be a really good and welcome step forward. Uh, yeah. Because, I mean, rightly or wrongly, they are still... When, when, when Dungeons & Dragons moves, everyone else moves along with them. Mm. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it would be oh, yeah. very interesting. Well, what's interesting is when they put that stuff into the Creative Commons, they said that mm. um, at that point, they have basically lost the ability to enforce community standards on third parties, on, on okay. third-party publishers. Okay. Well, they can't. They can't if, no. if they if someone's using the Creative Commons. They've just yeah. lost the ability to do that. No. So what they what they're doing is what they did say at the time was okay. We're going to take this out of the whole proposed new version of the OGL malarkey, mm-hmm. where we had all these sort of um, uh, uh, content standards yeah. in, in hardwired into the actual license. Yeah, and they just said we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to leave it to the community to police itself. Yeah, um, but what we're going to do is publish our own content policy standards as an example of hmm. what we would hope the community would do, but they can't enforce it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think there's a certain amount of peer pressure that goes on to these things. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, if you can't be at least as ethical as uh, Wizards of the Coast, then, you know, that, that, seems like the, that seems like the bar to clear. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. see, I mean, we, I, yeah, I want to see what this internal content policy looks like. But... Yes, yes. I, sh- I shouldn't. I- I'm not expecting anything too controversial, to be honest. I'm no, expecting things that we'd like that we'd like to see. Um, yeah. If not, I expect we'll hear about it very quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what else is there uh, in progress? Update the D and D core rules, which they're currently doing, which we know they're doing. Yeah, yeah making D and D one, D and D five point five. Yeah, and then in the upcoming column, mm-hmm. they've got ensure one D and D rules updates are compatible with fifth edition and the SRD. Hmm. So because I I was thinking they were drifting away from that, but it seems yeah. that they are they are making they are doubling back and making sure that compatibility does remain a priority. That is very interesting uh, because yeah. one of the things that we did pick up was that they were doing a lot of standardization, standardization mm. of movement speeds, like standardization of things like the subclasses, and when they. And when you receive your benefits from those, and by changing it for the ranger, they sort of did invalidate a lot of the existing ranger subclasses. I think kind of, but mm. it's still compatible. Yeah, in the sense that you just think of it as two different ranger classes, uh, with each with its own set of subclasses. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I if you I, think of it like that, yeah. it's completely compatible. You've just got two different ranger classes you can choose from. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. But I mean, I, you know what, Russ, I'm gonna. Bet a shiny pound coin. That is very much not how Wizards of the Coast would like you to think about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Obviously, they, they want you to use the new ranger. Right, yeah, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll oh, see. Yeah. I mean, it's like the whole level up stuff when, yeah. you know, mm. when people say, like, are the classes compatible? They are compatible. You've just got two different fighters and two different rangers to choose from. Mm. But they're both, both of them are basically D&D classes. They're perfectly, yeah. they work perfectly well in, in the game system. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think that's what hooks to use on um, 
the material from Advanced Fifth Edition. So. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that's that's the thing. That's yeah. that is happening. Um, Exciting. Or, or what they say that is happening. So it's going to be interesting to see where that goes. And sort of leading on from that, they've got hmm. a creator summit on April the third. Yeah. This is yeah. an all-day event from nine to five Pacific time in hmm. their headquarters somewhere. Not not the. Um, not the Seattle headquarters. They've got another one, I think. Or is it, is it Bellevue? Or is that part? To. Or is that part of Seattle? I don't even know. And um, it's I, it's America. Man. I, I don't particularly need to know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. So anyway, um, so there's people going in person, people in the US, and people who and other people who have been invited digitally mm-hmm. to attend. Um, I'm one of those people. Nice. So I've got an invitation to attend digitally, mm. and um, yeah. So they've basically sent this email out to lots and lots and lots of creators. It started off by going out to lots of YouTube people, and then yeah. um, it started filtering through to other types of people as well. It did feel like it was a very much an influencer's first summit. I've got to admit, I did see quite a bit of pushback mm. when they basically said, we're inviting creators. Yes. And then all of the creators, and when I say, when I, you know, creator is a broad spectrum. It means yeah. a lot of things. You but know, you I, can, be, you can but, be a video creator, you can be a yeah. whatever. I... You can, I, you can, I to be clear, I'm not disputing that creating videos uh, about like role-playing games is not work. It very much 100% is work. You're definitely oh, yeah, creating yeah, something. Yeah. It's hard. But when I hear Wizards of the Coast is inviting creators, my thinking is they're inviting artists, writers, yeah, designers. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was the pushback. Where were yeah. the artists, the writers, and the designers? Yeah. Because I mean, it, these are major stakeholders in the creation yeah. of the things which other people... Exactly. I mean, that was the same sort of pushback we saw a lot of during the OGL thing. Mm, And Wizards of the Coast was talking to YouTube people, but not talking to the actual people who made these products. Yes. Who were the people who were actually using the license to make products, which um, I did see quite a lot of, yeah, Mm. Mm. quite a lot of pushback on that. But, uh, you know, but um, in this one, you know, uh, emails started going out to sort of writers and and publishers and things like that as well. So... Mm -hmm. And it looks like they're taking like a broad spectrum view of creators, which is good. Yeah, because yeah. you know everybody's creating something in you know, and everybody's part of the sort of community in different ways. Everyone's got a different role. Well, I, I mean, one of the things I did see was a chap called Bob the World Builder, who mm. was seeming very starstruck about it. I mean, it's like, yeah, mm. fair enough. He's like, oh, well, they're doing all the stuff, but I mean, I could get to go and see Wizards of the Coast in their home thing. And it's like, mm-hmm. he was seeming very starstruck, young Pat, starstruck young Padawan. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I am very much not, but you know, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm older. I mean, and, plus, mate, <laughs> they've invited yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, um, so, look, yeah. <laughs> so, so I've got the email in front of me. Yeah. So the, the email goes out because "Hello, adventurers." It's a generic email. Everyone gets yeah. the same email because I've seen people sharing their email when it's the same. The same yeah, yeah. So basically, we're excited to invite you to join us this April the third at our Bellevue WA. Washington. Washington is that office yeah. for our team's first content creator summit. This event will be a chance to see some of what our teams have been working on, including this is the interesting bit the D&D VTT, which will tabletop, mm-hmm. and the D&D rules update, which is the one D&D stuff. Um, you can ask questions, give feedback, and connect with members of our studio, studio and content teams. Yep. I assume a lot that will be more for the sort of in-person people. I think the people who are doing digitally is going to be harder for them to do that. But, mm. you know, 
Um, they said there will be no content requirements. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, it means that they wizards. won't have to make videos and say, yes, we came here, it was awesome, and right, okay. produce pictures and stuff. That's that's what that means. That's for the YouTubers. Oh, I see. It's not like no. they're, they're not sort of saying you have to produce this, you have to produce that on this. Okay, fair. Yeah, yeah okay. So, nor will Wizards be taking or using any footage, photos, or recordings for any purpose, and any information we share with you during this summit, you are free to share with your community. Hmm. Yes. And then it goes on with a bit of, you know, we're excited to welcome you into our home and all this sort of stuff. But, you know, that's basically what it is. So it's happening on April the 3rd. It's an all-day event, 9 to 5 Washington time, which our time is sort of evening to, like, 3, 4 a.m., I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, pre- pretty late in the day sort of thing. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's, I'm not, I'm probably not going to be able to attend for the entire time up yeah. until 4 a.m., but I have asked them whether or not um, I can I can have people sort of take over for me. Hmm. As the time zones drift across, so Daryl or Beth or someone like that can take over and and carry on reporting. But we'll see what they say about that. Yeah, yeah. I I, I would hope that they would be reasonable about it. Yeah, I don't see why they wouldn't be. But um, yeah. yeah, that would make life a lot easier if that's the case. But it's going to be interesting to see what what happens. Whether that's I don't know how much that's just a PR fluff event. How much mm. solid info there'll be. You know, I don't I don't have any idea of what to expect from this. No, no, absolutely. Um, I, I gotta say, I'm expecting a certain amount of humble pie to be eaten, but uh, yeah, maybe, sure. maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, they say they're going to be sharing the schedule soon for the day, yeah, which will make it easier for people who are attending digitally at least to sort of drop in and drop out at particular times, yes, yes rather so. than sitting there glued to due to their computer for like ten hours or whatever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, you know, I will, I will, I will go along. I will see what's happening. I will report upon it. Or at least for some of it, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm interested. I I appreciate your willingness to say it late so that I can be better. In- Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We shall yeah. see. Yeah, yeah. Well, Shall at- we move on from D and D now? We've been talking about D and D for about fifty million hours. I I had noticed that- there are other things. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. are other things that are not D and D. Allegedly, I heard I heard a rumor there were other things in this world that are not D and D. Unbelievable! Uh, I mean, Do you know what is not D and D? What's not D and D? The uh, is it the not D and D podcast? Uh, <laughs> the weekly D and D Twitch stream and podcast, not D and D, hosted by our very own Jessica Hancock. Yes, presumably not this week. Had yes, uh, yeah, but had its one year anniversary. Yes, yes one year all. birthday. Woo! She's been doing it for a year. There's like fifty odd episodes of that out there. I know. It's amazing. Time, time flies like an arrow. Fruit flies like banana. Uh, mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Jess is really, really good at it. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. I've, I've always enjoyed the ones I've watched. Yeah. 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 So um, other than that, anyway, so we got, um, I got some interesting news about Cubicle 7. Oh, tell me more. So there's a Financial Times, the FT1000 list of Europe's fastest growing companies. Mm-hmm. And Cubicle 7 is on that list. Get in. Yeah, it's number 192 on that list. Sweet. And the list is based on revenue growth at European companies. And Cubicle 7 had, well, it went from 267,000 euros, because they're based in Ireland, mm. in sales in 2018, up to 2.4 million euros in 2021. Oh, nice. So that's a big, I don't know what percentage that is, but that's a big increase. You can see why it's considered yeah. fast growing. Yeah. Nice I mean, one. that's... Yeah, I mean, they obviously, they do the Doctor Who RPG and a lot of the Warhammer stuff. Yeah. 
and they did Age use of to do the One Ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Fair play to them. Yeah, so um, yeah. I'm, I'm delighted for them. Yeah, 2.4 million in sales, Cubicle 7. Wow. Ooh. That's quite a lot. Good job. Uh, Dominic must yeah. be very pleased with that. Excellent job to all the people there. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. What else have we got? We have got Monty Cook Games. Yes. have announced a new role-playing game. Yeah. It's a horror-based thing called the Magnus Archives. Oh, okay. Based on the Magnus Institute, which is a paranormal research organization in London. And it's based on a podcast, which is a horror fiction anthology. Nice, nice. And the podcast has won a bunch of awards. Yeah. And then um, the role-playing game will be produced by the production team behind the podcast, who are called Rusty Quill, mm-hmm. and published by Monty Cook Games. Okay. Makes and this sense. is kind of the same setup they did for, do you remember Old Gods of Appalachia? I still don't know how you say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Old Gods of Appalachia. Yeah. Yeah, so that was in 2022, last year. Same setup, basically, based on a podcast, Monty Cook Games published a game for it, and that made over $2 million on Kickstarter last year. Nice. And this one, we don't know when it's launching, but there's a pre-launch page up for it with almost 7,000 people signed up to receive notification of the launch, so this one's going to be a big one. I mean, say what you like for Monty Cook, but he does know how to run a Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah, they have nailed that process completely. Mm Mm-mm. I mean, I don't think I'm bad at it, but they no, yeah, you've run a lot of Kickstarters, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done about to launch number thirty nine, thirty ah. ninth Kickstarter. Oh, uh, was it was it Jessica that launched Keep Your Powder Dry? Mm. Oh, well, I should congratulate yes. her on her successful Kickstarter, um, which I actually backed. So yeah, I'm quite quite looking forward to getting my getting my hands on all the guns and stuff. Probably around somewhere. Yeah, actually. yeah, yeah. That ended this week, I think. Was it this week? Yeah, yeah ended this week. Mm. Did rather well. I like our mini quick starters. Yeah, they tend to make about fifteen thousand. This one did about thirty something, I think. Nice. So yeah, it did twice as well as most of our our mini quick starters do. Yeah, that's, that's impressive. Yeah. Okay, let's keep going through the news. Keep plowing through all this news. Words, so much of it. RPG superstar. RPG superstar. So RPG superstar is. The contest that Paizo started years and years yeah. and years and years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they stopped doing it. And then Roll for Combat took over it a couple of years ago. Mm. And they actually came on our show to talk about it, if you recall. Yeah, I, I do remember. It was really interesting. Uh, Mark and yeah. um, someone else. And, yeah, they were, they were really cool. I like them. Yeah, yeah. So it's back again for 2023. Mm-hmm. It's for Pathfinder 2E. Mm-hmm. And you have to create, uh, it's like, it's monster themed again. Uh, so you've yeah. got to create between one and three monsters based on 20 specific different elements. And okay. then there's a bunch of prizes, cash prizes going from $25 up to $250, plus your monster gets published in the, in the book. Ooh. Yeah, I have to love that. That's a legacy. Mm. You left a monster in a book. <laughs> yeah. Love it. I mean, $25 for a monster design, that's just being paid to do it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but 250 is not bad, I guess. I don't know. It depends on how many words it is. I don't know how many words a Pathfinder 2e monster is. Uh, I mean, two, two, yeah, well, I don't know. No, I mean, $250, that's, that's a good rate, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that probably, yeah. Yeah. I'd write more. <laughs> if they were paying me 250 I would learn Pathfinder 2nd Edition so I could write more monsters for them. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, how Please would continue. you, Peter... I'd like to support yes. trans rights in Florida. Oh, 
Is this the trans rights bundle? Yes. Trans rights yes. in Florida. That's how yes. you pronounce that word. It's Florida. Florida. That's the correct pronunciation yeah. of that state. Florida. Not uh, because so there is the a rapper, Florida. That's someone different. All right. Is there a rapper, That's Florida? I don't know. I believe you. Yes. That's what I was sure about. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, there's a TTRPG bundle for trans rights. I can't talk. TTRPG bundle for trans rights in Florida. Nice. Um, which you support. But there's also another one. Um, yeah. and there's over 500 titles in that, by the way, for $5. It's a really good deal. Mm. It's already raised over 100 grand. Um, so yeah. it's, a, it's a really good deal. Um, but there's also another one. So Owen Casey Stevens, yeah. who we mentioned was a bit poorly a couple of weeks ago, yeah. is more poorly than we realised. He has cancer. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. He's been diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. Uh, there is a bundle up. Um, from his imprint, Rogue Genius Games, uh, a collection of five adventures of Pathfinder 2nd Edition, which yep. will help pay for his medical expenses and other bills accumulated during his hospital space. Um, and you know, from what I hear, mm-hmm. it's never happened to me, and I haven't got first-hand experience, but from what I hear, getting ill in America can be expensive. Yep. So if, if, if you're a fan of the stuff that Owen's done, and he's done a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, I think... I think you could do worse than pop along and uh, and help him out on this. Oh, absolutely, deserving. Yeah, deserving man. Yeah, I mean, it's, I I really like Owen, and it's yeah. such sad news when you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hopefully he'll he'll hopefully he'll be fine. Hopefully he'll be all right. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I don't know. I don't know the details of it, but I hope so. Yeah, but all our good wishes are going with him. We're hoping he's getting yeah. through. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, hey, um, you know those like uh, silver box classic D and D games. Uh, oh, computer games. Computer games. Yeah. 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 What's that? Um, so eight of them are being released. Yeah. By uh, Snag. What's Snag? S N E G. Snag. Okay. Like that's not Super Nintendo, is it? I don't um, know. Okay, so I'm Snag. going to call. Snag. I don't know what Snag is, but um, Snag, or whoever yes. or whatever Snag is, is releasing these games, and uh, the, the list includes yes. four Dragonlance games, Shadow Sorcerer, Heroes of the Lance, Dragons of Flame, and War of the Lance. Yep. And there's also Fantasy Empires, Death Keek, Dragon Strike, and Spelljammer, Pirates of Realm Space. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, so, so they're going to come out later games. this month. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Very old games, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, you can get them from Snag. But they've got, but they've got a lot of retro going on. Yeah, I don't know what's what's Snag. It's, it's annoying me now. What is Snag? Uh, I, I'm actually, Snag. I'm actually googling away. <laughs> well, the link takes me to Steam, and it says publisher Snag, but that's all it says. So it doesn't tell me anything more about Snag than uh, that. Okay, uh, it looks like Good Old Games trademark for Fantasy General was uh, passed over to Snag around October to November, twenty twenty one. Okay. Shortly after it was added to Steam. So, okay. huh. Good Old Games had already bought those games back in 2015 and completely self-published by them. Okay. Interesting. So, uh, it looks like they attached to Good Old Games. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Oh. Anyway, so, yes. So, there, there's been some sort of corporate shenanigans at some point, is all we can yeah. reliably say. Yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. What else do we have in this? Pyto! Announced some stuff, including their stance on AI art. Yes. Yeah. Um, so they're basically. Pro, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So basically, they're updating their contracts. Yeah. Saying that any work submitted to them has to be created by a human. Yep. 
rather than by AI. So um, they're not the first people to do this, obviously. I mean, EM Publishing, we've done it ourselves. Um, Other other people have done it too. Um, But, you know, Paizo's a big company. So when, when, when big, well, big for the RPG industry, when big companies do it, like you said about Wizards of the Coast, others follow along. So Mm -hmm. Chaosium has done as well. Yeah. Um, so they posted a, an announcement, um, but uh, the, the important bit of it is, uh, stated plainly, when you buy a Paizo product, you can be sure that it's the work of human professionals who have spent years honing their craft to produce the best work we can. Paizo will not use AI-generated creative work of any kind for the foreseeable future. So that is pretty much the same thing that you know we've said and other other, other outlets have said. So it's not a it's not a new thing, but it's important when when companies like Paizo say it. Yes, yeah, it shows that they're listening and so forth, which is pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Oh, ooh, yeah. Walking Dead, Walking Dead Kickstarter. What? Go on. Three leagues, Walking Dead Kickstarter's live. Oh, yeah. I hate to tell you this for us. Um, I think. Oh, yeah, you, I mean, oh it's gone live. Yeah. Well, that's news because we knew it was coming, but exciting times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you yeah, a big yeah, Walking yeah. Dead fan? Yeah. Um, I don't know what... Uh, I watched it up until about Series 7 or 8 or something, and I just kind of lost interest. I didn't hate it or anything, but it did, I did start to get a bit bored of it. And I'm mm. kind of done with zombies, generally, anyway. I, I just so much zombie stuff, and I, I never found them that interesting to start with. And, yeah. You know. Um, I, um, I, I could definitely go for some zombie dinosaurs. I feel we need mm. more, zo- more dinosaurs, but... Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, so, I'd allow zombie dinosaurs, but yeah, oh, vampire dinosaurs, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Zombie vampire. No, the old that's Walking cool. Dead um, yeah. Kickstarter. Uh, yes. The official game is coming from Free League. Yes, the latest licensed product, and it is doing extremely well on Kickstarter. It's got 18 days left to go. Nice. Um, it's I don't, I don't know what it is in US dollars, but in pounds, it's at about just coming up to three hundred and sixty thousand pounds. So just around four hundred thousand US dollars, I guess, ish. Wow! Wow! Uh, yeah. Let's let's do the old conversion there. Uh, three hundred sixty pounds is yeah four hundred. A good guess about four hundred thirty-six thousand US dollars. Yeah. In that on that order so of magnitude, it's doing, it's doing incredibly well. Well, of course it is, because right. Free League's Kickstarters always do. Yes, yes, they, right. they, they do have beautiful... Well, yes, because they have. They're, they're, it's like you're buying a coffee table book at this point, and why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the only thing I have is that every time I've backed a kick, uh, Free League Kickstarter, the book has hit retail before I've got my Kickstarter copy. Oh, that's And that's exciting. happened on the last two. That happened with um, The One Ring, and it happened with Blade Runner. So I'm just like a bit cautious now, and I just think, well, I'll just buy mm. it at retail then, because I'll get it quicker. Hmm. Which I, yes. yeah, which was, yeah, but still, it's just these things. Happen I mean, do they not offer Kickstarter exclusives at least, or is that part of the Probably. problem? Um, that they're offering have, Kickstarter exclusives. Yeah, let's have a look. Have we got any Kickstarter exclusives on this one? I mean, we've got some dice, we've got a core rule book, we've got a deluxe edition. Uh, the deluxe edition is exclusive. Mm-hmm. Uh, the starter set is not. Stretch goals, it doesn't say these are exclusive. No, I think it's just the deluxe edition that's mm. exclusive, if you want that. Yeah, yeah. The rest of it isn't. But there's a whole, whole bunch of stuff you can get. There's dice and there's a cloth map and an art book and uh, a virtual tabletop edition for Foundry. Yeah, a whole lot of stuff like that yep. um, you can pick up. Nice. But, yeah. Anyway, anyway, that's live. It's doing really well and it will do really well because 3D does these things really well. Yes, yes. They're quite good at it. Yeah, yeah. I think they're kind of becoming the kind of like king of licensed stuff now. It used to be Modifius, mm, but Modifius mm. hasn't announced quite so many new licenses recently, and uh, Free League seems to be doing a lot of it. 
Yeah, I think the last thing I heard from Modifius was that June? June? The, the yes, June RPG? Yeah, yeah. That's well, the last I think Modifius are doing a bit more with, you know, they're doing a bit more with board games and stuff because there's a big homeworld sort of uh, Starship fleet board game, war game thing on right. Kickstarter at the moment. I've backed that one as well because right. that's, that's just my sort of game. Sweet. What about that one? So they're, they're doing that because they've got the license to the Homeworld video game series, which they're bringing to oh. tabletop. Yes. Oh, wow. I think there was an RPG as well. Was there an RPG? I think. Oh, I think I it feels likely that there would be. Oh. Yeah. I'm sure there was. Oh, I, I'm always so torn because, like, that would be the best way for me to learn lore because I just cannot mm. focus on the strategy games anymore. I just, mm. I like try and prevent them. Like, nah, I'm good. And I forget how yeah. to play them. And obviously, that's fatal be able to follow the story through yeah but then if i run a game marked for homeworld then people who actually really like the law want to play and i'll be like yeah i'm sort of learning as we go along and you don't much yeah. better than me and this this feels like this is not going to end well <laughs> no well we'll see, we'll see. yeah 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 no, okay so yeah, yeah um be interesting did you say you had some more news yeah well i don't know if it's news per se but i came across some very charming little games that sort of leapt out at me and I thought oh actually I'll give I'll give a shout on the podcast because I quite like them okay there's one called Convincing Sir Arthur from somebody called Keith D. Edinburgh mm. um, you know I really should pay more attention to who's telling me stuff <laughs> but like I get distracted by the shiny games so anyway the idea is this is on actually on drive through RPG so it's not a Kickstarter or anything but mm. it is you can get this for the princely sum of 50 cents which okay. is very, very cheap indeed. So actually, that's what it was like. You might as well. And it's a one-page RPG where you are attempting to convince Arthur Conan Doyle that mm. there is actually life after death. However, mm. Houdini is attempting to expose you as a charlatan. So can you win right. the prize before being debunked as a fake? <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then you it's like a little D6 rolling game. So I imagine it would be quite... A quite fun little filler, mm. where you're just like, okay, uh, you got like a little news table with like, you roll 3d6 and it says things like, spiritualist found cheating, and that penalises mm. your ledger domain. <laughs> yeah. Of course, of that. Yeah, so I don't know, it's, it's, quite, it's quite a fun little one on drive through RPG, and uh, yeah, I thought I'd give it a shout out, because yeah. it was cute. Right, our friend Sly Far- Farish, Farish, Flourish, Sly Flourish, Sly um, Flourish, Mike Shay. <laughs> yeah, yes, our friend Mike Shay, otherwise known as Sly Flourish, has yeah. a Kickstarter out at the moment called the Lazy DM's Forge of Foes for Five E. Yes, yes, we we did talk about it last last time oh, we had the you? podcast, but well, oh, right. I mean, I, I'm more than happy to talk about it more because I'm really excited about it. But yeah, mm. great stuff. Yeah, so it's 128 page book, just about how to play monsters in your game. Yeah, yeah. Um, new attacks, new powers, better armor, how to design campaigns around monsters, how to improve encounters, you know, all sort of stuff around. So it's not like it's a monster book. It's about, mm. it's a, it's a book about running monsters. Yes, yes. Uh, and it looks really interesting. I mean, all of this stuff is really interesting and really good. So yeah, highly, highly recommend. Doing really, really well. It's coming up to 200,000 on Kickstarter over two weeks to go. So mm. it's doing incredibly well. Yes. Absolutely smashing it. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very good. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Anything else you wanted to mention before we finish the news? Well, um, I, I, I am aware. I am aware that uh, there is a uh, that our that our podcast has a certain let's call it an age demographic. So you know, and shamelessly pandering to our listeners. Um, yeah, not that I'm saying anything, but you know, maybe maybe this might be of interest to them. 
there's a game called Public Access from The Gauntlet, who I believe are some sort of a, a studio that produces the uh, like podcasts and so forth. And Public mm. Access is about public access television. Mm. And you've got a uh, public access, access television studio about a which has literally disappeared. And this mm. is looking at latchkey kids, which um, are like, you know, people who like, yeah, because we've had the whole big change following Reagan and there's like people grown up and they've had to let themselves in. And these people are called latchkey kids. And maybe you're listening and saying, of course, I'm a latchkey kid is. So, yeah. Mm. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, it's like it uses the Brindlewood Bay mystery system, which is a very cozy little old ladies doing full murder she wrote investigation and this is changing it it looks like it's to a slightly more horror based one and you're uh trying to do sort sort of like a x-files style version of it but Mm. you are kids rather than uh fbi agents Mm. and yeah um that is 15 dollars, and that's on drive through rpg but yeah again i thought it was quite cute and um it's powered by the apocalypse but uh it looks like a looks like a decent laugh looks like a decent laugh so, if you're interested in that sort cool. of thing, I give that a shout. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I just saw that come up. I was like, oh, okay, that looks quite cool, actually. So, yeah. <laughs> Good day, sir. How may I help you on this fine sunny afternoon? I'm here to purchase a new stronghold. A new stronghold, my good sir. Then you have come to the right place. Oh, something grand. Something which speaks to my many years of adventuring, triumphing over evil in the far reaches of the multiverse. Oh, very good, sir. It's a great time of year for strong old buying. Spring is the start of the adventuring season. Lots of evil villains and dire fiends who won't be needing their dungeons anymore, if you catch my drift. Dungeons? I don't want a dungeon. Sounds far too damp. And I enjoy the morning sun too much. What do you have that's a bit more, you know, above ground? <laughs> you have a discerning eye, sir. I see. Very well, very well, very well then. Now, how do you feel about oubliettes? Well, that's just a type of dungeon, isn't it? Sorry if I wasn't clear. I'm, I'm not in the market for a dungeon. I seek something more heroic. Right, you are, sir. Right, you are, sir. Something more heroic. No dungeons or oubliettes. Nah. How about a lovely little Bastille? Look, a Bastille is, you know, it's a type of prison, a.k.a. a dungeon. Very true, sir. But it is above ground, sir. Look, look, I'm not interested in any type of dungeon, whether it be above or below ground. Oh, my mistake, sir. My mistake. And, and, no prisons, brigs, lockups, holes, cages, cells, or anything which could be reasonably viewed as some sort of penitentiary. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, What about a stockade? They are all the rage these days, sir. Ah, still a dungeon. Uh, Not really, sir. Well, look, I will be the judge of what is and is not a dungeon. Well, that does rather narrow down your options, sir. Narrow down my options? Don't be so ridiculous. Dungeons have been very much part of the general zeitgeist recently, sir. Every dastardly villain has one. Well, I am no dastardly villain, and I shall not live in a bleeding dungeon. As you wish, sir, as you wish. I do have a nice sewer here. A sewer? It used to be the holiday home of Rakdar the Wreck King, 
until he met an unfortunate hen without a renegade hunk of cheese, sir. I do not want a sewer. Find me an opulent mansion, an imposing citadel, perhaps even a small palace. Oh, now you're asking, now you're asking, uh, oh, oh, what about a temple, sir? Oh, that could work. Uh, what's it a temple of? Well, I'd rather not say, sir. Oh, spit out, man. What god or philosophy is this temple devoted to? Doom, sir. A temple of doom? <laughs> yes, sir. <sighs> I'm getting quite fed up of this now. If you don't show me something suitable, I will get rather cross. Right, yes, sir. Right, yes. Well, then. We have the tomb of... No. The labyrinth of... No, no. The crypt of... No. The pit of... No. The barrow of... No, 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 no. Really, sir, you are not making this easy. Not making it easy? What could be easier than finding a property which isn't some kind of friggin' dungeon? Uh, Say no more, say no more. How about an isle? Ah, now that sounds promising. Of dread. (sighs) <sighs> do you have anything which isn't some kind of grim mausoleum? Oh, I do have a nice house here, sir. A manor, really. Oh, now that's more like it. A manor is exactly the sort of thing I'm looking for. I can already see myself entertaining guests at lavish dinner parties. There is one small, tiny, insignificant thing, sir. And what's that? It's just the, the teeniest winces, just the tiniest little bit haunted, sir. A bit haunted. A little bit, sir, yes. Look, I am going to ask you one last time. Do you or do you not have a property on your list which is suitable for a heroic emissary of good like myself? And I warn you, if the answer is in the negative, I shall lop off your head. Uh, no, sir? Didn't think so. Right, I think we finished the podcast, really. I don't know how Daryl's going to organise it with the sketch. I'll leave that entirely up to him yes. to yes. rearrange it how he wishes. Thank you, Daryl. Um, we appreciate yeah, it. Jessica will hopefully be back next week. Having recovered from the aeroplane COVID yes. that uh, she has got. Yes. And we'll be back to all, hopefully. Woohoo! Yay! All right, until then. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash Morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. Sayonara, as they say. Goodbye. Auf Wiedersehen. Uh, Zajian. <laughs> <laughs> how, many, how many languages can we do this? Arrivederci. Uh, adios. <laughs> Au revoir. Slam. <laughs> I, I think I've run out now. Yeah, I, I, you, you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm exhausted. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, done. I'm done. Yeah. yeah. I think we've done all that I know of. Anyway. Uh,
All right. Until next week. Yeah, until next week. All right.